no, we don't have COVID. We just like to smoke, okay? Hey guys, and welcome back to the Red Rum and Red Wine podcast, the podcast where we talk about murder, mystery, and mishaps. My name is Kristen. What's up? It's Sarah here. We doing a bland intro today. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. Get what you get. We are tired. <laughs> Excited though. I don't have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I didn't either until like this morning. Oh, so. love those. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know why I chose this really. It's not really specific to Halloween, but it's kind of about an urban legend and it's creepy. So it's I thought spooky it kind oriented. of fit the bill. I do mention yeah. Halloween at one point, but it's the date really is totally irrelevant. Um, One of the cases I was going to do wasn't involved with Halloween at all, but um, then it got, like, not interesting, so, anyway. Like, no one uh, died. Oh, yeah. It was just, like, yeah. Anywho. Any hoobies. I'm drinking. Sorry. I'm drinking water. Oh, lame. Just, I know. I we had we we had some white claws earlier today, so yes. it's not like I haven't drank. It's just you know, um, I wanna I wanna be able to. I don't know, not. I wanna. wanna <laughs> yeah, same. Yes. Uh, well, I have white claw next to me. Shout out. Um. You. <laughs> white claw oh my god okay. um yeah because honestly the story is a little cray cray and um <clears throat> i just have this image burned in my mind Ooh. of basically the topic so i guess i'll just jump in yeah, today let's just get on into it haha <laughs> I will be talking about the Pigman of Angola, New York. Oh my God! I'm trying to remember what the guy on American Horse says. Piggy, piggy, piggy. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Hometown Horror from the Travel Channel on Hulu for this one, and uh, it's pretty much where I got a lot of my information, besides like one or two articles. So. The urban legend of the Pigman has fascinated the village of Angola, New York for generations. Angola is a small village in the town of Evans, New York, which is located on or like right next to Lake Erie. And what really put Angola on the map, you know, back in the day was the railroad that was built in 1852. Um, you know, there were early settlers that settled there and um so forth i just didn't want to dive too deep into that so oh my god my sorority was founded in that year (laughs) (laughs) fuck that sorority though so the railroad (laughs) 
consisted of the Buffalo and the State Line Railroad. And they built a station there in Angola known as the Evans Station. And they laid their uh, tracks down on in there. (laughs) As as they do. You know, this also creates a... A certain economic boom along with the railroad came thriving lumber businesses because the railroad would transport lumber to uh, like Buffalo, New York. So there's a little boom boom going on. And so the Evans Station area is what we now know today as Angola. And it's a cute little town, you know, small town vibes. Mm Mm-hmm. To outsiders, it's kind of seen as forgotten. Um, you can kind of drive through it and not, or and blink and kind of like not pay <laughs> attention and miss it. Yeah. Um, so, Angola has a little bit of interesting and dark history. One of their most popular urban legends is the Pig Man. And the railroad is where this urban legend kind of stems from. Mm hmm. So there's a road called Holland Road, a.k.a. Pigman Road, a.k.a. Pigman's Road in Angola, or it's kind of like right outside Angola by a few miles. And on or throughout that road, there are a couple of bridges um, or a few. There's at least two that you drive under, though, that have like tunnels underneath the bridge. And over the tunnel is the railroad. These tunnels and the surrounding area is where it's said that the pigman lurks. Um, the tunnels under the bridges, they're not super long. Um, you can, like, see right through the other side during the daylight. And uh, they're about a car width's length, so it's not really a two-way road under the bridge. It's one-way, which is kind of sketch, but whatever. So I'm going to mention some experiences from some Angola locals about their pigman run-ins. Mark Dzielski. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's D-Z-I-E-L-S-K-I. So Dzielski. That, yes. Um, you know, he's he remembers hearing stories about the pig man growing up from his friends and family, and most everyone does. It's a, an urban legend, a myth, a tale that you grow up on if, if you are from that area or live in that area. Um, but in 2004, in Mark's senior year of high school, him and his friend Gary claimed, oh, sorry, Mark's friend, Gary, claimed he had seen some crazy shit up by the railroad tracks, so Gary convinced Mark to go down to the tracks and check it out. So, there's kind of like a little method if you're going out there looking for the pig man, you're supposed to pull your vehicle up to the tunnel or under in it and uh, turn off your car honk your horn a few times, and then that's, like, how you're likely to see the pig man. Ooh. So Mark and Gary and a few other of their friends go to the bridge, and they honk their horn. They describe that night, you know, as they approach the bridge as being really quiet. <laughs> you could really only hear the wind blowing. Along Holland Road or Pigman Road, um, it's really wooded. There's trees everywhere. 
it's pretty isolated so after they honk their horn they start to hear this rustling noise in the trees they hear tree branches breaking as if someone or something was coming towards them out of the trees and then it began to sound like whatever it was was circling the car Apparently, one of the friends started to freak out so bad that he jumped out of the car and fucking dipped. Like, he ran off towards the darkest fuck tunnel. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that's, like, the best fucking idea. Yeah. And so his friends kind of get out of the car, and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Get back in the car, trying to get him to fucking come back. Um, And... This is when Mark says he looks over to the left of him and he sees a six and a half foot tall silhouette standing at the edge of the woods staring right at them. And it was making really strange noises. And then it began to walk towards them. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) oh, fuck no. Get in the car and fucking... But it's like... Bro, wasn't that what you were asking for? Though? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you uh, don't do this shit. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I, the thing that I asked for is actually here. I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, don't ask for it then. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, the friend who had run off towards the tunnel, I guess, realized that it was more scary outside yeah. <laughs> in the tunnel than Idiot. it was in the car. So he came running, running back towards the car, and everyone, you know, gets in and hightails it out of there. Um, and, you know, to this day, Mark still gets freaked out thinking about this experience, and he says he avoids Holland Road as much as possible. I wonder if um, there's just, like, some random six-foot man that enjoys... hanging around the area and like scaring the kids he like hears the horn he's like oh that's my cue uh phil beef or bite also a lifelong local uh as teenager as a teenager in 2003 he and two friends decide to go investigate holland road uh so i mentioned there were a few bridges uh, along the road you know one of them Uh, The way they were coming from, they described the first one as being Old Arch Bridge, and the second bridge is Hard Pan. And I think Hard Pan is the more popular one to go and, like, park your car at. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe it depends. Mm -hmm. But Hard Pan does have a pull-off area, so they pull up, pull off, um, get out of the car. Phil and his two friends immediately get a super weird feeling when all of a sudden they hear a noise screeching from the bridge tunnel. Ugh. Phil sa- said it sounded like nails scratching on a piece of metal. And there was metal in the bridge tunnel. So, Ugh. like, it totally made sense that they were hearing it. So they hear this, like, screeching, clawing noise. And then they start to hear a little growl. It, okay, stop. I'm getting too many. <laughs> when suddenly in the tunnel shadows, they see a large figure. Phil described it as a massive form of a being. And so they're all like, okay, uh, let's leave. <laughs> Had some fun. 
got a t-shirt let's go yeah (laughs) so they get back in the car and um they like go to kind of like start the car and stuff when they notice a pretty bright light coming from behind them so phil who was sitting in the back seat said when he turned around to see where the light was coming from he assumed it was another car but when he looked back there was no car um but he couldn't see the other bridge that was behind them or any of the road signs he just saw this big red light oh red yeah so the friend in the driver's seat starts to gun it he literally is foot to the floor pushing on the gas but the car will not (gasps) move Phil said he could see his friend with his foot down on the pedal, literally accelerating the gas. Tires are screeching, but the car is not moving. Oh. So remember, Phil's in the back seat, so he also said that it felt like something was holding the back of the oh, vehicle my... up off the ground. God, that is so they what couldn't I was get thinking. traction and go. <sighs> I could just imagine the accumulative freak out at this point. You know, all three friends are like, what the fuck? You were like, you're asking. not doing That's like you're what not you want. the prank, are you? <sighs> it's like, oh my God. I just, I get it. I get it. I get it. But then it's just like, you say Bloody Mary for the third time, and then you turn <laughs> on the light, and she's right behind you, and you're like, what the fuck? I just, uh. Oh my God. Say Beetlejuice for the third time. What do you expect? Oh my God. I, yeah, I'd like at that point, just fucking Holy Mary, Mother of God. <laughs> Pray for us sinners now on the earth of our deathly bed. <laughs> Hallowed be thy name. <gasps> uh, don't tell me to hell, please. <laughs> So suddenly the car dropped to the ground and they peel out because he was already, you know, pushing on the gas. So they drive a little ways, I guess, and then they stop to, like, collect themselves. You know, they're making sure that they all just experienced the same thing or that it wasn't a prank or a joke. Something told Phil to, like, look at the rear bumper of the vehicle because of what they felt, you know? So they get out and look at the bumper and it was, the whole bumper was covered in mud or like grime, you know, just whatever, except in two places. Finger streaks from two hands located in a position where it looked like someone grabbed the bumper and lifted the car. I, it's just like, why would you let them go then? I know. Have people ever gone missing in this area? Uh, it's a very good question, Kristen. So, um, I will touch on someone who went missing a little later, but there are a lot of, like, along with, there are always some truth, I think, to certain urban legends and myths. There are yeah. little truths in most of them. And in this one, there are truths. There are facts that you can, you know, prove and research and whatever, collect Uh, But there are a lot of unproven myths that go along with the urban legend and a lot of the, you know, kind of more hearsay myths 
that tie into the Pigman. There are stories of kidnappings and, um, like, mass murders or, like, spree murders. Um, But these aren't, like, proven or necessarily true. Yeah. Because I'm just wondering if it's someone who enjoys playing these jokes for whatever reason. But, I mean, like go off as long as you're not hurting anybody but then if it's another thing to like have people go missing in the area and you're like oh shit no there's actually something like malevolent in that area yeah well it's so weird because you have this you know these sightings of a figure and uh, it's doing these things but then um i'll also share with you in this next story about how people experience other other things that are just like kind of more paranormal to a sense Mm. and so it's really just um throws you for a loop maybe like the town is just fucking weird but then i will go into some of the history as to why Hmm. yeah because like i know with the mothman it's more like he just tries to like warn everyone what's going on if something bad is about to happen that's like usually Mm. when he appears but this dude so far he just seems to be like into fuck up people's cars <laughs> or <laughs> just like stand there and looks creepy but oh mm-hmm. it's it's another thing yeah but if someone goes missing then i'm about to be really scared so phil and his friends after this just knew it had to have been the pig man that they encountered that night you know yeah um, next, Ang- Angelica Ramos. She was hanging out with her sister and a few other friends one night when they decide to go to Pigman's Road. They had never been before, and so they wanted to just kind of see what all the fuss was about. Famous Angelica's sister words. drives... <laughs> yeah. Angelica's sister drives the group um, in her vehicle, you know. They're having a good time, laughing, jamming out... Nothing is scary uh, yet. (laughs) When they pull up to Pigman's Road or Holland Road, the car starts to, like, glitch out. The music stops and the car starts to slow down and then comes to a stop. That is the start of every fucking horror movie. I know. Everyone in the car got dead silent. You know, they went from smiling and laughing to, like, having straight faces and confused faces and just being dead silent. Angelica said that not only did the car come to a halt, but everyone in the car almost felt paralyzed. Like, they couldn't, like, move. Not, like, literally, but... But, like, with fear. But I'm thinking with fear, but who knows, you know. Um... But she said there was just such a bad energy surrounding them. Mm. And she also mentioned that she felt like she could hardly breathe. Like there was just this presence, this bad energy. Uh, Everyone wanted to leave, but nobody could move. (laughs) But (gasps) randomly and suddenly, everyone just felt like they could kind of breathe again. And Angelica's sister was able to get the car started. So they were able to get the fuck out of there. But... Um, Angelica said that when she got home, that negative energy she felt on Holland Road was still lingering around her. She ended up having to go to the hospital that next morning, where she was told her appendix was on the verge of bursting. Ooh. 
she claims that she went from perfectly healthy or seemingly, you know, to needing her appendix removed within less than a day. Yeah. And she, you know, she says, oh, I would have felt like symptoms or warning signs about my appendix, you know, days up to that. But it was just so random and, ugh. Angelica's sister, who is also seemingly healthy, starts feeling pretty ill shortly after this as well. Ew. What the fuck? So now we're going into fucking alien territory or some it's shit? It's weird. And this could all be coincidental, but it's it's still pretty weird. The um, so she finds out she has a hole in her heart. <gasps> and so after this, Angelica and her sister were left with believing in the pig man 100%. Damn. So their story has more of like a physical and medical um, impact to it. Which I wasn't expecting, honestly. Yeah, so. I didn't think anything like that was going to happen. Connor Ooh. Quillis, um, also a lifelong Angola resident. He, as many others, grew up on the Pigman legend. Uh, he, but he has always taken a particular interest with it. He's always been super intrigued with the Pigman He's featured in the show I watched, and he just talks about how um, finding more about some of Angola's dark history uh, and the weird shit, tying it into the weird shit that goes on, has always made Connor think that there was some truth behind the legend. So he's always been kind of into the pig man, and he can't really avoid Holland Road because of where he lives in Angola. He basically, like, has to go down that road anytime he goes home or leaves his house. I would never fucking leave. And he says that pretty much every time he goes out to Holland Road, something happens. (gasps) I would never fucking leave. Mm -mm. And I don't know if he means to, like, investigate and hang out or if he means literally every time he drives down it. But it sounds like he spends time out there, so... Some people just, they don't, they don't care. They don't, life is, life is but a fleeting moment to them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't know. If I was living out there, I may be intrigued, too. Oh, my God. You're like that freaking girl that wants to befriend her cryptid that everyone's no, telling her to no. stay the fucking away from. Like, what the <laughs> hell? What the hell, people? Uh-uh. Mm-mm. If something is whistling at you in the woods, don't make friends with it. Mm-mm. I'd probably make it like one of those free uh, grab-and-go donate libraries that you see on sidewalks sometimes. Yeah, put, put in, some, in human, <laughs> some books on how to empathize m- more with humans so you don't kill yeah. us as much. <laughs> so one of Connor's experience really sticks with him, though, that uh, he and some friends uh, witnessed together, I guess you could say. I don't know whatever so in 2015 connor went to the holland road area with two of his friends kevin and mike and uh just while it's on my mind i'm so sorry i should have mentioned this at the beginning but some of these names could have been changed so cool they spent almost all day just walking around the wooded area near the tunnels um i'm pretty sure just investigating looking for uh, pig man shit so 
After spending all day out there, the boys returned back to Connor's house. His parents weren't there at the time. They were on vacation, so no one was home. And while, uh, you know, they were just chilling at Connor's, his friend Mike stepped outside to call his girlfriend. So he's talking on the phone when he started hearing noises coming from the nearby woods. Oh, hell no. Because how they made it seem their house was like literally next, like right next to the woods. So. And then this house. Sorry, Sorry. is the house near Harborough Road? Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, I know you say he, yes, like, passes it, it but um, I don't, yeah, like... Yeah, it's... Does the pig man, like, travel, or is he just in this yeah, one... Well, this will answer your question. Okay, yeah. <laughs> 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 so, he hears these noises, and he kind of described it as if someone or something was running around or through the woods... <gasps> Then he thinks he sees something in the trees. It was a figure. He, you know, specifically said that it wasn't tree looking, you know. <laughs> it was uh, definitely not a tree, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and then suddenly rocks start getting thrown at him from the area no. where he sees this figure. And, you know, in the show and the reenactment, they made it seem like pretty big rocks like not pebble size not uh basketball size but you know in between yeah and so these rocks are getting thrown and one of them almost hits mike's foot and that's when he yelled uh for connor to come outside so connor and kevin go outside <laughs> they're like what the fuck is going on mike is explaining to them like i'm hearing these noises these rocks are getting thrown And although the figure that Mike had seen kind of has stepped back into the trees, they continue to hear objects and rocks are still being thrown at their direction. Oh my god. That, like, there was one time in high school, well, there were multiple times in this neighborhood, but um, we would go out to this, like, little cul-de-sac and it was undeveloped and it was, like, deep in Holotus for people who don't live in... uh, san antonio it's like fucking bum country middle of nowhere like hills hill country so we were out in this like undeveloped cul-de-sac it's like an old ranch that got turned into a neighborhood so the houses are pretty far out apart and we're sitting in a (laughs) we're sitting in the golf court or in the uh golf cart when all of a sudden we hear that And they're, like, fucking wild hogs in this neighborhood because it's, like, Mm -hmm. it's in the middle of the woods. Oh, my God. The amount of terrified I was when I heard that because they sound mean and they have those little... They are mean. Yeah, and they have those little things like, oh, my fucking God, what was... Yeah, (laughs) what was I watching? This one couple saw a wild boar approaching them. They were like... Oh my god, he looks so friendly. Can I pet it? Oh, do you think I could pet it? And then it like freaking wheel squealed and like went at him. And then you see the phone drop and the guy like hops on the table and he's like, "Help! Someone help!" And I'm like, yeah, if you were if you were from Texas, that would have not happened to you, sir. <laughs> like, what the fuck were you thinking? Oh my god, but yeah, like 
that was the first experience I had had with any type of like pig. Well, it's more of a boar, but oh my God, t- fucking terrifying. So I'm imagining that sound, like that kind of like growling sound yeah. throughout like, no, no. I got out of that cul-de-sac so fucking fast. I thought it was going to come up and like hit the golf cart. And obviously it's not like enclosed. I was terrified. thought I was yeah. going to die. I didn't. Thank God. <laughs> so when this is happening, uh, Mike got super freaked out and super anxious. He had his car there. He had his keys in his pocket. He fucking left said (gasps) bye-bye all of them he left his friends behind mike said bye to kevin and connor Um, kevin wanted to dip out also to be honest but his car keys were in connor's house so him and connor start walking inside to get kevin's keys because i'm pretty sure connor wanted to leave too I was about to say, like, at least fucking take Connor with you. That's so fucked. I know, because he'll be home alone, too. (laughs) Like, Like, with this fucking thing outside, like, what great (laughs) friends you got there, Connor. (laughs) So as they're walking towards the house, they hear a loud slam noise, almost like a door being shut. And so they kind of pause and stop in their tracks, and they look at each other, and they're like, whoa, what was that? Uh, when Kevin looks over at the kitchen window and he sees a reflection of a large figure walking by inside. <gasps> this, causes, oh. this causes Kevin to literally stop in his tracks and he's like, Connor, dude, someone is in your house. I am not going in there. I am like, I'm continuing to get goose. Oh, I don't I like this I feeling. <laughs> I like why do I feel like he's right outside my fucking closet right now man I'm crying okay Connor said he had never seen Kevin so scared oh yeah I like a little shit just came out of my butt oh my god so they both know that Connor's parents are out of town so there couldn't possibly be anyone in the house right or could there So after about five minutes of freaking out outside the house, you know, Connor and Kevin decide to go into the house. They make their way in real careful. They pull out their phone flashlights. Dumb idea. Um, Well, I mean, I I know that you have to see, but like that, that makes you real obvious. I know. Well, I mean, it's either way, like, I guess. It works. Whatever. Uh, whoever's there already knows that they're there. So, um, True. Um, so they're they're looking around and like scanning the place to see if anything is disturbed or if there's any signs that someone was there. They're opening doors and closets to see if there was anything or anyone hiding. Uh, they said that they just felt like Pigman was gonna pop out at any moment. Yeah, that's <laughs> but like the eventually, worst game ever. Yeah. Ugh. Eventually, Kevin grabs his keys and they fucking left. So they for sure think that something followed them home from Holland Road that day. And after this experience, Connor went from being fascinated by the pig man to like obsessed with it. Yeah. He wanted to know more about the urban legend, um, you know, behind the pig man. And so he dived in and Connor is featured a little more throughout the documentary, sharing about what he found in his research and all of that good stuff. So, 
Um, this is where we'll find out a little bit about Angola's dark past. So, back in 1860, we have a freight ship named the Dakota. Mm. The Dakota sank on Lake Erie with all 24 crewmen aboard. It was doing... Doing? (laughs) It was during the brutal winter months and... Actually, at the time, the worst autumn blizzard recorded up until then was happening, like, at that moment. As they sank, they were seeking shelter to escape the blizzard. As the Dakota approached the bay, it ran into submerged rock, which caused it to immediately sink. And so the entire crew went down with it, but they ended up making it to shore, like, alive. They all made it. Oh, that's good. Damn, I thought they were all about to die. Well, unfortunately, several days later, their frozen bodies were discovered (gasps) in a nearby ravine. They all died? Yeah, because I imagine their bodies just couldn't last long in that cold after being in the water and then in the snow. Damn, that sucks. That sucks. Because it was, like, blizzard. Yeah. I get that. Damn, that... To, like, make it to shore, though, and then yeah. to just fucking die right there. That and is... what's crazy is um, the man that found the bodies, it was his land. He was checking it for, like, storm damage and stuff. He owned, like, just beyond the ravine. If they could... If they made it just a little further, they may have made it. Because just beyond the ravine was a lodge and fully stocked cabins. Oh, my fucking god. I hate when that happens. A fucking bug. Did I get it? Did I get it? I got it. It was the pig man. The shipwreck is still there to this day underwater, fun fact, and uh, you can still come across its cargo, such as pottery, farm goods, and stove parts, you know, just shipwreck pieces. It's kind of cool. So the story of Dakota, the Dakota really just adds a layer to Angola's dark past. It doesn't necessarily relate to the pig man, but it could relate to some of the strange occurrences that happen. Uh, The next one is the Angola Horror. In 1867, the Lakeshore Express ran off the rails on the bridge over Bog Sister Creek in Angola. The last car on the train had derailed first, causing the second to last car to derail as well, causing about 50 people to die oh, and shit. several others severely injured. Shit. Most of the victims, or a lot of them, had been burnt beyond recognition due to the cars being made out of wood and, like, being set oh, aflame. fucking old-time, unregulated shit going exactly. on Exactly. Well, oh, good man. point, because this uh, wreck actually led to reforms in railroad safety. Yep. That always uh, happens. It led, yeah. It led to air brakes and the banning of wooden cars. Hmm. This accident uh, happened pretty close to Christmas, I think like a week before Christmas, and what is crazy is just another fun fact, kind of, is that John D. Rockefeller, who is a famous, you know, businessman from the time, uh, he was uh, 28. Yeah, he, uh, he... <laughs> he's pretty, he was pretty well known. <laughs> he's just yeah. uh, like the richest person ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Uh, just he like... Was, 
who I wanted to be my daddy. What? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was 28 at this time, and he was supposed to be on that train. He uh, just was making a last-minute trip up to Buffalo, New York for a few business meetings to see a few friends and family members for Christmas, and then he was going to make it back um, to see his wife, and I think they had, like, a baby or a one-year-old or something. Mm. He had his bags loaded onto the train and everything, but it just so happens that he didn't make it on. I don't know what happened. He just Mm. literally did not get on the train. Uh, John D. Rockefeller later expressed to his wife in a letter that he knew he would have died on the train that day because the way they were loading passengers would have put him in that last car. Like, that would have been the car he sat in. So just a crazy little dodge for him there. Right. He was Um, kind of a dick, I think, in real life. Yeah, so, yeah. Cockroaches typically seem to live. live (laughs) Cockroaches never die. (laughs) Uh, Aside from being a devastating part of Angola's history, this wreck is really meaningful to the pigman tale because of what actually caused the train to derail. (gasps) Pigman. The quote unquote official cause was that the express ran over a frog. No. Okay. Possibly a bad wheel caused the train to derail. That's... I, <laughs> I don't exactly know how they made trains back then, but I would think that a frog would not be able to hold up to that. Like, a deer? Maybe you could say a deer. A frog? Maybe it's, they thought because it might be like gooey and slimy. It's <laughs> <laughs> so sticky. It just it made it right off. <laughs> and that's how we discovered lube. Oh yeah. Ooh. Uh huh. Uh. But <laughs> this is where we get into the Derricks family. The story about the pig man doesn't start with the pig man. It starts with his family, you see, mm. going back generations. So this little case or story, urban legend tale, has a bit of like a family curse vibe to it. Oh. Because you'll see. Old timey. I dig it. Um... Elijah Derricks, I believe it's Elijah um, Derricks, created a homestead in 1855 in Angola, well, a little outside Angola, uh, just between the newly laid train tracks. So the two bridges that I mentioned, they both have train tracks going over them. So there's space in between those train tracks and the two bridges, and that's where he put his homestead. Mm-hmm. Um Elijah, I'm not sure where he moved from, um, and I said I think his name is Elijah because it's spelled E-L-I-S-A, and then I saw it spelled E-L-I-S-H-A, but then in the show they pronounced it Elijah, so the spelling makes me think he moved from somewhere, I don't know, I don't know. Unique way. It doesn't matter, but (laughs) anyways, he created his homestead, he 
I don't know if he came married or if he got married, but he had a growing family. He ended up having um, two sons. At this time, he had his two teenage sons, Loring and Henry. So they would walk. I believe they may have had younger siblings, but I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. But they would walk along the railroad and pick up the coal that would have fallen out of the train. And they would do this so they could burn it at home for heat purposes, cooking. Mm. It lasted longer than burning wood. So mm. it was just a means of providing. <laughs> and so one afternoon in December of 1967, while picking up coal, Loring and Henry decided, I don't know if their father was with them, but it says that Loring and Henry decided to remove some of the ties from the railroad to use to repair their fences at home. And, like, this didn't sound too bad to me at first until you find out what a tie is on a railroad. You need it. If you didn't know already, which I did not, (laughs) uh, ties are wooden braces that the rails are attached to. So, like, pretty important. Like, enough to (laughs) fucking cause a train (laughs) to derail and kill fucking 50 people. The next day at 3 p.m., I believe the next train that, like, went over it, it was unclear whether it was that same day or the next day, but that is when the train accident happened. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. So the truth behind the train accident uh, seemed to be kind of covered up by town officials because they knew that the public outcry would be drastic on both the Derricks family, but also on the town of Angola. Like, they wanted to perceive it as a safe, happy place, you know, so. Dude, I don't, sorry, this just reminded me of it, but it's because it's fucked up. How uh, during the Olympic Games, they got some girl, uh, like this really pretty nine-year-old to sing the national anthem during the Olympics. But it fucking turns out that she was lip singing and it was a seven-year-old that was really singing. But the Chinese government deemed her like not pretty enough to be on national TV and that she would like essentially make China look bad. And they didn't want us to think like that's how their people look so they picked the nine-year-old but I'm just like imagine as a seven-year-old to hear that like destroys your whole self-worth your whole self-confidence like I can't that's just like too far man way too fucking far you can't be doing that shit like but yeah that sucks and that little topic of being told at a young age you're not pretty or normal or something we'll come back to that for sure oh yeah The outcome of, uh, you know, Loring and Henry's decision would haunt the Derricks family for generations. Um, It was said that they even hung an article about the train wreck. Like, I can't remember. I didn't write it down if it was in their home or if they owned like a storefront or something and they had it in there. And so it was said that they hung it as like a reminder to their family of how they fucked up or it could have been taken as a way they hung it as like a proud trophy moment but i know that they got away with it the way that it seemed was like the first one like they actually kind of felt bad but because i could imagine having a especially as a child having like loads of guilt 
Yeah. You're just like so empathetic at that age. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I would assume. I don't know. And obviously, like, I didn't go into the wreckage of the damage, but it was bad. It was, you know, just burnt bodies. And um, a lot of them were not being able to be identified. And pieces of train were going out for like 100 or 200 yards into the into the areas below yeah and if it's happened where they took the ties then it's definitely within range of where these boys like to hang out yeah they fucking walk by there every day probably so so loring and henry grow up you know they kind of go on with their lives they get married henry and his wife uh they were living off of main street in angola while Loring and his wife stayed on the Derrick's homestead. Mm. So Henry and his wife kind of were doing their own thing. Uh, But in 1904, there was a super destructive fire on Commercial Street that damaged barns and buildings, like a lot of them. Um, I thought about, like, listing all the buildings that were burned, but I didn't. But basically... um, and important buildings like the post office and shit so mystery surrounds how the fire started but for some reason many people accused henry derricks of starting it oh um i'm pretty sure he denied it because he was getting constant harassment and accusations so he literally packed up all of his shit and left new york it's said that he, like, moved to Texas to start a new life or sought Damn. riches in Alaska. I assume his wife went with him, but it didn't really specify. Like, what? Um, did it ever say what evidence the town had or they just, like, assumed? It was a really, like, weird um, assumption. Like, the only tie that Henry... So, Henry and uh, Loring worked at one of the nearby buildings or something but like so did a lot of people there wasn't i didn't read any legit um reason behind the accusations yeah so even shittier to just like something terrible happens and then out of nowhere the half of the town is pointing the finger at you and you're like on what grounds yeah it's a witch hunt and that's um one of the reasons why the reason for the train wreck was kind of covered up is because the town officials oh, they would didn't have want wanted to those... create a witch hunt. You know, they, they would have wanted those that. two boys dead. It would have yeah. been like very much a public execution type of deal, I could imagine. Yeah. With Henry leaving, uh, this resulted in the harassment by the townsfolk folk <laughs> to shift towards Loring and his wife. Um, but I don't know. Loring married a woman named Betsy Crabtree, who was sort of an outcast from her hometown. Um, I didn't write down where she was from, but she's not from Angola. So she was an outcast because her parents were first cousins. And with a last name like that, you did not stand a chance, girl. (laughs) I think, you know, and... So, obviously, your parents are first cousins, so it was said that she was a little bit mentally challenged. I'm not sure specifically how or to what extent. 
Um, and when she married Loring, she was pretty young. And I don't know how young, but she was a teenager for sure. Like, um, because I don't, I don't know what year they got married, but in 1913, when they had their first and only child, she was 19. How old was he? Uh, I don't know, but he was older. Mm. Sorry, they didn't give many, uh age specifics because also i'll mention in a second there's just um the town didn't really like the derricks family i think stemming from yeah did they know about the whole cover-up i think there may have been rumors um and then because and you know they lived away on their homestead maybe like they were oddballs. They didn't really mention any of that in the show or what I read. Um, they're just seemed like, to be or this, the like... the town outcasts. Yeah, they were probably seen that way, and um, it just seemed like this hatred for the Derricks family just kind of uh, started early and lasted for, like, not a huge reason, but I don't know. Loring and Betsy would try to join the St. Paul Episcopal Church in Angola, but they would be turned down by town's members who preferred not to associate with the Derricks family. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And I don't know if something had happened with, you know, Loring and Henry's parents. I don't know what kind of mark they left because I didn't see anything on how... I don't know. They like, part of me wants out. to think, part of me wants to think that there's a lot more, but people with rumors and with a rumor like that where, like, two boys killed 50 people pretty much because of their actions and did not suffer any type of consequence for it, then, yeah, I'd be pretty fucking pissed. Yeah. Like, you didn't even throw them in jail for a week or something? Well, like, what's fuck. weird is my next bullet point is that the Derricks or... I don't know if it's all of them or most of them or if it's just talking about Loring and Henry. They're not listed on any town records and their wives probably because the town's members just did not (laughs) see them. Someone was pissed. Yeah. It had, there had to have been more than that. And especially it, I don't know, because then I feel like it would have just been maybe the brothers that were outcasted. Why the entire family? I don't know. Maybe they just had bad luck because in 1911... Loring, okay, so Loring and Betsy would try to fit in. They would attempt to fit in, um, even though they knew people judged them, I guess, for her being an outcast. I think it automatically kind of filtered into her being an outcast in Angola. Um, So in 1911, Loring would volunteer to ignite the 4th of of July fireworks at no charge. Um, you know, just as a, as a way to get involved and do something Mm -hmm. nice. Shit. It's not going to turn out nice, is it? (laughs) But the celebration ended in tragedy when falling sparks from fireworks in the sky ignited unlit ones on the ground. Oh, a rocket pierced the arm of a young boy. Oh, this family's fucking screwed. They're done for. 
oh, oh I'm like cringing hearing this and because of this mishap, Loring became a recluse and rarely left his oh. homestead on Holland Road. They do get the gift of parenthood. Um, so a few years later, on April 17th, 1913, Loring and Betsy became parents. Um, as I mentioned, Betsy was 19 years old when she gave birth, and this would be- end up being their only child. Loring and Betsy were, um, you know... They were excited to have a baby, so they were saddened and shocked when they laid their eyes on their newborn son. He had a normal body with normal proportions, but he had a cleft lip and a sign-like split nose and separated Mm -hmm. eyes, which, you know, modernly is known as frontonasal dysplasia, and Mm. we don't judge it. No. It's a very strong possibility that uh, their son's condition was due to the inbreeding in Betsy's family. Oh, shit. Some could think it's punishment for Loring's mishaps. <laughs> That's, oh, fuck. So mean. I know. Not my words, people. It was in the research. He didn't mean to shoot a rocket into that kid's arm. It just happened, okay? Bad timing. If anything, the forces did it. Like, he didn't... Yeah. Anyways. Uh, the midwife who helped... Uh, they named their son William, by the way. So the midwife Aww. who helped deliver William vowed to never assist Betsy again and even wrote letters to any and every medical professional she could find, urging them to have William committed or locked away. Oh! <gasps> What the fuck? Yeah. So, touching back on I that topic of, like, making I, your kid feel like shit for being, like... Like, mm. what the actual fuck? That is so... Go to hell. That's not nice. That's not nice. And that's not agnostic, like, what... That's not very episcopic. Episcopic of you. Escalopedic. Be nicer. So yes, you can imagine the kind of childhood William Derricks would have, and I'm going to go into him now because he is our main character, folks. Shit. Um, as you can imagine, because of William's deformities, um, that's how he got his nickname. So, Loring, Betsy, and William lived a quiet and quaint, secluded, secluded life on their homestead. William was pretty much always kept home and out of the public eye to avoid harassment. Obviously, the townsfolk probably like knew about him because i imagine the midwife spread that shit like wildfire other than in her letters what a bitch um so they they wanted to avoid further harassment i should say um but he ended up being teased and taunted his whole life anyways and was shunned by the community because of his deformities As he grew older, he actually ended up using his um, differences to his advantage, I guess you could say. 
He started touring with different circuses and sideshow acts throughout the 1940s and 50s. And just what a time, you know, the 40s and 50s. (laughs) It's, uh, I have, I have such uh, mixed feelings with this because. Yeah, I know the acts and the people in sideshows and circuses, they can be seen as animals and obviously outcasts themselves. So I don't really know if that was using it to his advantage and how much fun he had. But at at least he hopefully got paid. I know sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so he did that for a while and he ended up returning back home to Angola. I think he was just tired of it and, you know, living on the road, it's not the cleanliest or nicest conditions. So, um, he returned home and although he was an outcast, he did get married to a woman, um, oh, good for him. named Mildred Crabtree. Does that yeah. last name sound familiar? Yeah. Why? Why? She where was his first cousin. Oh <laughs> my fucking god! Are you fucking his kidding mom's me? His last name was Crabtree. Oh, <laughs> you're not helping. I want to be nice, but you're making it very hard. Oh man. I mean. You can't technically be having children, but at least you found love, question mark. I don't <laughs> they agree can with technically that. have children. I don't think uh, legally you're allowed to if you're married to your first cousin. It has to be like your third. In the right, 1950s technically you can. in New York? Who knows? Oh, no. Not, not back then. Probably not. I have no idea. Right now, I know you can't. Somehow. I don't think you can right happened. now. At least in Alabama, you can't. <laughs> I, think it, I think you have to at least be third cousins. Yeah, you have to be third cousins. But I don't like... <laughs> like, even in Texas. But that's God, all, it tells you that it's in place for a reason. It tells you that some people it. have a fucking problem. <laughs> It's fine, you know, we uh, we have a hard time meeting people, so. I did meet my cousin at a basketball camp in uh, middle school, and I thought he was so fucking cute. I didn't know he was my cousin. Yep. I saw this guy, and I was like, wow, he's cute. Yeah. And we're signing the fucking sign-in form. <laughs> he had your last name. His last name, <laughs> and no one had my last name. <laughs> And I was like, okay, that's weird. who are you? Who are your parents? Because we're related. So he couldn't be cute anymore. No. Single cousins hit me Which up. Which is embarrassing, but <laughs> whatever. It happens. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so they would go on to have a son. And maybe twin daughters. <laughs> it's rumored that they maybe had twin daughters. Damn. Because there are no birth certificates listed for these twins. And, um, like, they lived such a secluded life, no one ever just, like, knew for sure. Did they know if it's their just kids basically had... word of mouth or hearsay. Did their kids what? have problems? They had to. If William had problems... I, didn't, I don't know. Then for sure. First cousins, baby having another baby with their first cousins, that's a lot of first cousin genes. Yeah, I have no idea. It didn't specify, but we could, you know, you could take an imagine what guess. could possibly be the situation. Oh gosh, that stinks. 
so like I said, they lived their secluded life on the Derricks family homestead. Um, Mildred did die in 1966. And she, you know, spent the rest of her life and not life on the homestead. Uh, they buried her illegally in, like, their <laughs> land. <Shit. laughs> Yeah. The government didn't come and dig her back up. <laughs> no. Oh, shit. She stayed. Uh, William went pretty downhill after this. And I'm sorry. So, like, I really wanted to call him Pigman this whole time. Mm-hmm. and Because, like, he's the Pigman. He he's, like, the story behind the Pigman legend, if you haven't gotten that already. Um, but I felt kind of bad. So he's a know. human at the so end of the day. his name is William. <laughs> it's crazy that um, he's a real person. I wasn't actually anticipating yeah. this to be a real person. Right. And so, you know, he's a person at the end of the day. But he did go pretty downhill after Mildred passed away. Um, apparently, he sent his son, who is William Jr., he sent him off to live with someone. Um, I think it was a... They just gave a name, and it was, like, father or something. I didn't know if it was, like, a priest dude oh. or, like, a boys' school or something. Yeah. Um, and then the two daughters that no one really knew if existed were apparently maybe sent to family in, like, Pennsylvania or something. But no one ever knew for sure. <laughs> At this time... Um, Pigman was in his Pigman, sorry, <laughs> was in his mid to late fifties, and he became an absolute recluse. Although I did read some stuff about having a few jobs here and there. Uh, the local trash dump opened up like right next to his land, so he worked there for a little bit. But um, I don't think it lasted long. And um, he, you could say he was maybe going off the rails a little bit. Um, you know, he was teased and bullied his whole life and ridiculed for how he looked. And I think at this point he said, fuck it, because, um, I think this area, the whole harassing and taunting the Derek's family, um, started a while ago. And so I think from early on, kids and teenagers would have fun you know, bullying and harassing the family, probably, you know, throwing stuff at their house no. or their land or, you know, ding-dong ditching or, like, stupid shit like that. Um, because I can't imagine that not happening. Yeah, I mean, life is, and so, life is hard enough for children in general when you throw facial deformities or any type of thing that makes you look different on the outside. I mean, it's a putting a target on your back and then unfortunately i don't know why we get this yeah i don't know why we get this notion that like when we grow up everyone's nicer because it's not the case (laughs) like adults are also fucking mean so i could imagine like he gets no sympathy anywhere and once he lost that one support system that he had in his wife then yeah i would probably just do the same because like at that point i'd be like fuck society no one has been nice to me (laughs) Right. So I think he kind of just like literally said, fuck it. Um, Apparently he started putting pig heads 
along with um, other animal heads on stakes or um, pole sticks in his yard to scare off kids and teenagers. Oh, so he really because at one he really point said fuck it. Oh. Did you hear that? Mm-mm. Oh, Bush farted. <laughs> Uh, at one point, like before, I think his circus days, he worked with the local but- butcher. Mm. Um, he didn't actually work as a butcher. He just kind of cleaned up the blood and pieces and stuff. Um, and I think this butcher dude who owned the butchery was like his only friend throughout his whole life. Oh. And... So as when he returned from the circus and stuff, I think that, like, he was his only friend. So he would get his animal heads from the butchery, most likely. And, um, but this little tactic didn't really work. And it kind of just helped the whole pigman legend take its roots. Yeah. Because he was just known as, you know, his whole life as the kid who looked like a pig. And... So this whole thing just made it more like Pigman, dude. Um, and just, I don't know, fun fact, I guess, is that apparently, or at least at the time of the making of the show, the butcher shop is still standing in Angola. Oh, shit. <laughs> in the late 60s and 70s, the Pigman legend really popped off. Um, locals and teenagers were kind of loving it. Holland Road got to be known as Pigman Road or Pigman's Road. It's kind of sad either way. Um, I know, like, at one point, you know, the road was pretty underdeveloped. It had a lot of potholes. It wasn't able to be driven on. And then they uh, made it drivable again in the future. And anyways... But also in the 60s and 70s area, um, the Derrick's homestead and one other home were the only two homes in that area. That trash dump place I had mentioned had closed down like a while ago. Mm-hmm. So it was super isolated with those being the only two homes out there. And it's all wooded, basically. So this isolation area became a pretty popular spot for kids to drink beer go and park and make out you know people would just like party in the woods set fires um and it was kind of like hinted that they would taunt the pig man a little bit like start little fires near his property or kind of like mess with him yeah but i don't know like many details on that so Reports of a monster like Pigman start to pop up. This monster would approach parked vehicles with unsuspecting victims Mm. and, like, bang on the car windows. The first missing persons report from the Holland Road area happened in 1972 when a man named Harris Tompkins went missing while door-to-door, while doing door-to-door surveys. Oh, shit. And he was last, like, seen near the Holland Road area. The investigation into his disappearance led police to the Derrick's homestead. When they arrived, there was a number of people squatting in the house. The house was full of animals, junk, 
feces, newspapers. There was one child squatting there who was an 11-year-old boy. And his identity was unknown, but he was assumed to be Pigman's son, William Jr. Oh, fuck. And I didn't really, like, fact check that on his date. So it was 1972, 11. Was he born in 61? Mm -hmm. No, I said another year, didn't I? I forget. Anyways... Like I said, it was assumed. Damn. Um, but his father, William, or Pigman, was nowhere to be found. So before uh, police could do anything about the squatters or the child, or I don't know like what that process was like, but apparently before they could do anything about it, on Halloween night of 1973, a fire broke out at the house and everything got burnt down, destroyed. Uh, Connor Quillis, who I mentioned earlier, had an experience and who's super intrigued with the pig man um, and who was featured a lot throughout the show. He actually showed the filmmakers down the trail that led to the pig man's house that had burnt down. So some of the remains from the house were still there, like cinder blocks, um, burnt pieces of roof. Um, you know, just random stuff like that. But also, the little graveyard area where remains of the Derricks family lie were still there. Oh, shit. Generations of Derricks had been buried there. Oh, shit. Like I mentioned earlier, including Pigman's wife. Uh, there were no bodies found after the fire at the homestead, like from or within the fire damage. So uh, there were seemingly no casualties from the fire, although it's rumored that William Jr. or who they suspected to be him could have died in the fire. I don't oh. know, but it's never, like, proved. And they got a lot of theories about this just, William Jr. I know. I'm like, I I don't know if it was him, if there were so many other squatters there, you know? Yeah. and his, I don't know. Because it, it um, I did read that William Jr. was able to come visit his dad for holidays and stuff. Mm. But I don't know all the truth in that or how often. So. Anyways, after the fire, Pigman sightings continued. Um, also, strange occurrences such as fish- fishermen and hunters described being watched. Uh, people find caves and makeshift huts in the woods people will describe uh while they're driving on holland road that they're be they suddenly are being followed by a vehicle that comes from out of the blue out of nowhere or disappears into thin air the roads under the tunnel bridges are single lane as i mentioned so you're supposed before driving through you're supposed to like stop and honk before you enter to alert any cars on the other side coming through and if you hear a honk back you're supposed to wait for that car to come through so then you can go it's like a car etiquette thing or mm-hmm. law thing i don't know um but some people will say that they'll slow down they'll honk their horn 
they'll hear a honk back, but a car never comes through the tunnel. So they're sitting there, like, waiting, and no car comes through. Ew. Ew. Hmm. Also, it's said that if you... Uh, you know how I mentioned you are supposed to, like, pull up your car either up to the bridge or under it and honk your horn. It's said that if you honk 13 times while in the tunnel, you are more likely to have a pig man experience. Ugh. Let's do it. Nope. <laughs> Down. Hell no, not after hearing those stories. <laughs> And going back to your little hog scream theory, not theory, but <laughs> mention, I guess. So uh, people claim to hear screams or squeals coming from the woods, said to be um, pig-like sounding, but also human Mm-mm. sounding. Mm-mm. And um, the human ones are, you know, said to be the psych, ec- psych echoes of the screams from the Angola horror train wreck uh people witness fires in the woods or along the road that light and extinguish themselves people see shadow figures uh they smell odors such as a burning odor electronics will lose and gain service or glitch out Radios will change stations by themselves. During the winter, people will see uh, footprints in the snow along the road coming in and out of the woods. And there was a few other things that were mentioned that happened in the wintertime that was said that was maybe tied to the Dakota shipwreck, which I didn't really include, but Like I said, it adds more spookiness anyways, so it totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So those were kind of some of the general experiences people's people's have. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, like I mentioned, Holland Road is a popular spot for mostly teenagers or young adults to go out, have some fun, whatever that means. Um, It's a secluded area. And, um, you know, some people go intentionally looking for Pigman, and many encounters with Pigman happen with those who go out searching for him. Hell no, don't go looking for him, please. <laughs> yeah, seek out Pigman at your own risk. Ugh. No, 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 no. So, yeah, um, basically, Pigman is like a fucking revenge story (laughs) he just torments the teenagers because he's pissed at everyone for harassing him yeah that's that's literally i think i just heard my origin story (laughs) (laughs) fuck man that's creepy like i feel bad for him (laughs) if any of our beautiful wonderful super awesome listeners uh, lives in the Angola area, has ever been there, has ever been to Holland Road, or has it had any experiences with this urban legend, um, let us know what it was like. Hit us up. And if I fucked up, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank I you. Wanna, I want to know your pigman stories, please. Because what the f- oh. I'm going to go clean the 
poop from my butthole now. <laughs> <laughs> my little turd that got out. But yeah, until next time, guys, be sure to follow us on uh, YouTube, TikTok, Good Pods, uh, Instagram, Twitter, buy me a coffee at some point. At R-A-R-W Podcast. And please, please, please send us those Pigman stories and or just like a story in general or an email oh. or whatever you want. Red rum and red wine podcast at gmail.com. Hopefully I can go to sleep. I'm pretty fucking tired. I think I'm going to get it. Yay. Yay. Good luck. Thanks. Okay. Try not to get attacked by the pig man. Yeah. Cheers to uh, not having a pig man around me in my area. Yeah. Cheers to scaring me good. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.